Ocean FM. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air to water heat pumps, and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast. It's just fabulous to see him alive and up and picking her up. The thing about the club is you don't choose your club. Um, it's, it's like family. You want to get back out on the field. It's just uh, it's, it's in your blood, I suppose. And you just want to get out there now and get the games going again. Brian Murray, let me shake hands with you. You come in here hobbling. How are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll tell you nothing about a couple of pints, won't you? I'll tell you, you know. He gets a bit behind it. He launches it in. It's over the bar. The wee man from Chipchar. Welcome to the show, the Donegal GAA podcast on Ocean FM. Connor Bresen here, coming to you with this week's preview episode as we dig into all the details for Donegal's clash with Mayo this Sunday in Ballybofay. The Chircon men are fighting for their lives to stay in Division 1 as they welcome Kevin McSay stay side to Ballybofay and throw in for that match is at 3.45. We have a special guest this week on the podcast because not only is he a Donegal legend, but he is also a Mayo legend. In a career that has spanned almost two decades of inter-county football, this individual has captured two Ulster titles and three Connacht titles with Mayo and Donegal. A very warm welcome to Avery native Martin Carney. Martin, how are we keeping today? Uh, good, not a bother, Connor. Thank you. Thank you for calling me. No problem. On, uh, I suppose, on weeks like this, Donegal legend, Mayo legend, do you align yourself with one of the counties where do you kind of what uh, line do you fall on? Are you now a native Mayo uh, man? Uh, clearly, I'd love to see Donegal win this. Love to see Donegal win this because you said in your introduction, they're very much fighting for their lives. And like Division One status isn't easy earned. I think Donegal. I think if you have to go back to 2018 when they were relegated to Division Two. They didn't stay there long. Um, they were back up, I think, to Division One in 2020. And okay, there was a COVID um, league of sorts in 2021, but they've been in Division One since. And to see, it, you know, I don't want to see them relegated because. To be with the best, you can only be the best. Like, I mean, if you continuously slip down through the divisions, um, basically, I think standards drop. Uh, you're not playing against the elite. And I think as a consequence, you suffer somewhat. So, you know, at the moment, um, Donegal or whatever, they're on three points. The need to get win their last two games, actually, to kind of stay in the top division, to be certain of staying in the top division. But it's a tall order given where they're, uh, where they're at right now. I mean, just looking before we came in, uh, or we came on air, um, Connor had some of, the, uh, some of the stats in this current league, and they're quite stark, actually, quite a stark contrast between the two teams. Like, Donegal has scored 56 times in their five games to date. Mayo have scored 76 times. So that means Donegal are averaging 11 scores a game, Mayo are averaging 15 scores a game. But interestingly in that mix, um, 
Mayo have managed to score eight goals, whereas Donegal have only scored once, um, one goal in all of that time. So I think maybe by kind of looking at that, we're seeing basically where the difficulties are for Donegal next weekend. And it's in finding a, a potent attacking dimension to their game that will allow them trouble Mayo. And I'm afraid on the evidence of what we've seen to date, that may not just happen as easily as I'd like to see it. We've seen that, Martin, throughout um, the uh, football, inter-county football recently, in that it used to be always aligned with Ulster teams going into blanket defensive units. We're now seeing it across the board, and really only Mayo have been the out-and-out positive attacking team. I mean, Kevin McStay came from the RT studio and always spoke about, you know, putting Aidan O'Shea in on top of the square, playing pure, attractive, goal-scoring football. And in fairness to him, he's come into that managerial ring and he's done everything he said, while other counties still revert to this lateral, defensive, uh, possessional game, which Donegal have really mastered, but I wouldn't really be throwing it out as a compliment. Well, uh, I take your point and I, I'd agree with you on that. Like, I mean, this obsession with lateral and, you know, with the lateral movement of the ball and passing it backwards and ignoring a kicking dimension to your game, ignoring you, 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 uh, the, the, the options of kind of... Um, Unleashing a full forward line in particular with long ball, that is something that Donegal haven't really kind of come to grips with yet. Kevin McStay, to be fair to him, certainly in the opening three games of the National League, threw Aidan O'Shea in the edge of the square. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's been the full, he's been in a full forward and he's made all the difference. But he's actually been given quite a liberal role in there insofar as that when I've seen him in there, he's, he, he's allowed drift out. But what is interesting about that Connor is when he drifts out you'll always see though a presence of two guys or for the most part a presence of two guys in the inside line to allow in other words outfield players when they get the ball to unleash the long ball in there in the hope of uh, of, of, of getting scores but it, it is an aspect of Mayo's game that has improved considerably this year they're playing I think anyway from what I've seen of them with an awful lot more joy and an awful lot more creativity and an awful lot more um, what, 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 what they have apart from actually a, a, a very good attacking dimension they have incredible athleticism Good God, there's, there's a young fellow here from the town has come in this year, Lab Bob too, he's from Castlebar, he's yeah, coming he's to brilliant. the team. And the, the, the lad, I, I've seen him coming up to the ranks in Castlebar, Mitchells. The lad is just a natural athlete. His mother actually, I think, was a cross country, an international cross country runner. But aside from being a national, a, a, a kind of a natural athlete, he has a delightful temperament and he's a very, very good footballer. And he's still only 19 years of age, but he's one of the guys I think over the next number of years that you'll hear a lot uh, about from down this neck of the woods. But on top of that, uh, uh, their transitioning of the ball from defence to attack, I think, is at a standard uh, or of a standard that Donegal really haven't come to grips with yet. And what's very interesting about that, in terms of Kevin McStay a able to shake up Mayo's system, 
I think last year in 2022 under James Horn and probably in previous years, what's really, really affected Mayo was they'd never had a full team. I mean, it's either been Tommy Conroy injured, Killian O'Connor injured, Ryan O'Donoghue injured. I think uh, Dermot O'Connor has had his problems with injuries. And now they're coming back into the fold and they, they really, really are developing a great system. I mean, O'Connor has moved from wing forward into midfield and that is a superbly strong midfield with Matty Ruan. Tommy Conroy's going to come back into full forward alongside Aidan O'Shea. So they have had their problems, and I suppose it's just the luck of the dice that Kevin McStay is getting these players back. And at the moment, they look like they could be favourites to the All-Ireland. Uh, well, I wouldn't put them up there yet. Like, I mean, there's, as I say, many a, a slip, twix, cup and lip. And there's quite a, a good distance to go yet. But there's no doubt about it. I'd say within the training within training camp, there's a lot, a lot of competition for places. There's an awful lot of men healthy this year. As you said, last year in the Championship, there was no Tommy Conroy, there was no Ryan O'Donoghue, there was no Killian O'Connor. All of those are playing very well this year. And I think Kevin McStay's biggest dilemma, if all of these stay fit, is that you know is to, um, is to you know who is he going to choose as in 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 his starting fifteen and who is he going to leave on the sideline to introduce? But there is no doubt about it that the squad that he has um, assembled is it looks much more potent than it has been over the last number of years, and it's down to the fact that they've had so far no difficulties or very few difficulties with injuries and. It- possibly could have looked like a team back during the summer when they lost Lee Keegan, probably Mayo's greatest ever player. Oshin Mullen, who looked like he was going to be the next big thing in Mayo. I mean, if you were a manager coming in and looking at that team and you saw their history with injuries and then losing probably their two best players, you might look at that team and say, thanks, but no thanks. But in fairness to McStay, he's coming and he really has taking a gamble with moving players throughout their positions and just developing a true attacking play, going against the curve of other counties, believing in his philosophy and his system. And it, it really is working out for them. And we could be looking for Mayo towards a, a league final and onwards, you know, onwards and upwards in Connacht. Well, there's no doubt about it. The league final, I think, is... I, uh, well, it, given the fact that their last game here is against Monaghan, who aren't particularly uh, strong at the moment, I think it's inevitable that Mayo are going to be in a league final. And I suppose there's a dilemma there all of a sudden, and that if that is the case, then you're going to be uh, Mayo will be playing Donegal this weekend, Monaghan next weekend, the league final the following weekend, and Roscommon in the championship. They, 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 you know, they'll be playing four weekends in a row. But the other aspect um, that has actually the other thing that has helped is that, and you've mentioned it there, Connor, is that he has given roles to guys that none of us saw possible. Like, for example, Connor Loftus came in, I think, in the All Ireland final as far back as 2016 as a sub in the drawn match against Dublin. And in the off and on kind of um, career he's had at Intercounty Football since, it has been as a half forward. But McSay this year saw something in him. He saw, you know, they create a potential in the guy and the lad's ability to use the ball well with his foot. And he put him in centre-back. Now, nobody would have seen that. 
nobody would have anticipated that. You'd have got some odds on that, um, it, 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 like before the start of the league, if 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 that had been suggested to you. And he's been a, um, a revelation there. Now, in fairness, they haven't come under any great pressure yet defensively to see how he'd work out defensively if there was a bit of sustained pressure on. But on top of that, then the other guy that he has managed to get a, a very very good tune out of um, is the wing forward Jordan Flynn. Now, Flynn, I remember this year against Kerry, I think um, he scored four points against them. But you could say he'd been man of the match in the opening three games. So he was a, a kind of, um, he wasn't a consistent presence over the last few years, but he has actually been a big, big plus. And the third guy is, a lot of fullback, um, a McBride lad. And he he hasn't got any mention yet, but he's another fella that has been injured over the last number of years, and he has slotted into the to an orthodox full back line effortlessly, and I think he has stabilised the back line in a defensive uh, uh, sense very significantly. And I believe that he has helped to improve the team. But there is no doubt about it. Just as we speak. Um, you know, on the eve of this game at the weekend, and um, they are in a pretty strong position. Now, what hand they'll show on Sunday in McCool Park, that's debatable. Because if you go to the last game they played against Roscommon, they issued a team on the Friday evening, 10 minutes before throw-in in Roscommon, they had five changes to that. So, to what extent Kevin McStay is prepared to reveal his true hand at the weekend against Donegal, that remains to be seen. Does that irritate you, Martin? You've been in the commentary box for many, many years, and we all know when we get the team sheets, and or even as a supporter, you get your program, and then it's not what appears to be on the program. There's five, six, seven changes on it, and yeah. it really makes it redundant and pointless. Does that irritate you? Oh, look, you get used to it after a while, and it's not too bad when it's a county that you know the players and you know who they are and you know what they look like and all of that. But it's when it's from a county where you're not familiar with the faces and that, and uh, that's when it can become an irritant. But like, nonetheless, uh, you don't have too much time to dwell on it, and you get on with it. It's as simple as that, Connor. Absolutely, their their match against Roscommon. It was a funny one because it was a game, obviously, these two teams have to meet each other at Easter weekend. Neither team wanted to reveal their true hand, but neither team wanted to be caught off guard as well. I think they wanted to go, both go out and win the match. And now we have the predicament where Mayo could potentially face Roscommon in a league final and then the following week face each other in the Connacht Championship. I mean, that gap there, speak to me about that gap going from a league final straight into the Connacht Championship. Do, do Mayo want to be in this predicament? Obviously, they want to stay in Division 1, but is a league final or a, uh, winning a league on the cards at all? Well, the thing about it is they, they, they have an unbeaten uh, record in the, in, in the league this year. I mean, they, they can't get away from that. They have created a, 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 a momentum that has actually stood to them. And they'll be keen to continue with that. And if they continue to um, with that winning momentum, they're inevitably in a league final. They're in eight points at the moment. A draw or a win would take them to a league final. Uh, who did meet? Well, we won't know until after the weekend if that were to be the case and um, like at the end of the day 
it's probably not the ideal prep, uh, preparation. You know, you, you can look at it in two ways. You can say the games and all of that one after the other, if you can stay injury free, are ideal. It's sharpening guys up and all of that. But um, nonetheless, the real football starts when summertime comes around or when the 9th of April from a Mayo point of view comes around. And it's from then on, basically, that your season ultimately will be judged, you know, as to how you did in championship. But Mayo at the moment are in rude health and, um, you know, whatever comes, comes. And I think they're more than capable of um, kind of playing in a league final. And the following weekend, actually, playing Roscommon in championship. And as we've said earlier, in the conversation, Connor, they look this year to have a much broader panel than has been the case in the past. And if those, if the guys can stay injury free, then they have a fair hand to choose from. And in terms of going to Bally Buffet this Sunday, is it going to be a second string team, or will Kevin McStay remain consistent and it'll be the full panel out? We want to win every game. We have to. I, I don't think any manager really goes out to try and lose any matches, oh, but no, no, no. not he'll giving away anything. He'll, he'll want to win, Connor. He'll want to put out a team that'll go and uh, win. Now, the only thing I would say in that, there is a window of opportunity there to give game time to two or three players. And the lads I'm kind of referring to are as follows Kevin McLaughlin, in my book, over is still on the panel as Jason Doherty. Yeah. But if you were to ask, Ask me who has been the most consistent and admired player in my book over the last 12, 13 years. It has been Kevin McLaughlin. He has got on with the job year after year after year, outstanding as a wing forward, and maybe never got the, shall we say, the the national recognition uh, to the same extent as some of his colleagues. But if he is to be a part of the summer, uh, shall we say, campaign, then this weekend is probably the weekend that he needs to get a bit of game time. And likewise with Jason Doherty. Now, there's also two other lads, uh, young lads on the opposite end of the spectrum. There's a Conor McStay and there's a Paul Cowie. Conor McStay is a nephew of Kevin McStay. From Balna. And a very, very, um, very similar style of football (coughs) to Kevin. And I feel myself, again, if he's to kind of, shall we say, regard them uh, as part of his summer package, I think he has to give them starting time at the weekend. So don't be surprised if you see a Conor McStay and a Paul Towie in that starting lineup as well. Because to me, this is the last weekend really uh, where there is a real opportunity to actually see the, these guys under a bit of pressure and there will be a bit of pressure on them because Donegal will be feisty, they will be fighting for their lives and they'll make it very, very difficult for Mayo to come out of there and Sunday with something to show for their for their efforts. Where are Donegal at the moment in your view? Because we talked about Mayo losing probably two of their best players in Lee Keegan and Oshin Mullen. Donegal have lost probably their two best players in Michael Murphy and now Patrick McBurty with an injury. Yet the contrast between the teams, one playing a free-flowing open game of football, the other still not having belief in their conviction and they aren't playing like a Division 1 team. Well, the thing about Donegal... have a new manager, Paddy Carr. And it was always going to t- take time to adjust to a new voice in the dressing room and to adapt to his ways. Now, clearly, 
you know, it's okay. Like, it, it, that's one aspect, bringing in a new manager. But then when the new manager comes in, and as you say, has to do with without the iconic presence of Michael Murphy, who was the alpha to omega of that team over the last decade or more, then it makes his job very, very difficult. And then add to that Patrick McBurty's um, injury, the hamstring injury, which is going to keep him out, which has kept him out for a while and keep him out for another while. And the fact also that another, you, you know, one of their stellar players, Ryan McHugh, yeah. has not been available to now. I mean, it, it has made his job very difficult. Now, he did get off to a very good start in the opening game and beating Kerry um, in, in, in Balabafay. And, you know, I remember that day there was a Caelan McCulgan, I think, played wing back. Yeah. And he got three three points from play. And there was Darrell Wheel, there was Johnny McGrody, there was guys like that that I really hadn't been familiar with. All kind of, you know, left their mark on that game. But McBurty's injury that day, I think, I, I, I might be wrong on that, but I think it was that day that he maybe picked up the injury. Uh, it was the following week against oh, the, the following yeah. week, yeah, he picked it up. But, like, I mean, since then, their, they, their, their form has nosedived. What is, I find very frustrating is that they don't take responsibility for taking on scores when scores are available. And they're locked into, they're locked into, they're completely, completely um, hamstrung by this kind of possession-orientated game at the expense of everything else. And it is really, in a sense, kind of, I think uh, it just uh, taken from the potential that is in that squad, but um, it, unless they find some attacking dimension that we haven't seen up to now, uh, Connor, uh, you know, on, on Sunday, I think it'll be very difficult for them. It'll be a very difficult game for them to win. I know a few weeks ago uh, was it um, against Galway, they managed to squeeze a uh, 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 squeeze a draw with Galway, wasn't it? Yes. And I mean, that in itself was um, a notable achievement because Galway at the time, with the likes of Matthew Tierney, uh, Tierney, I think, is playing very good football. He scored a goal in three points in that game. And like, I mean, when you look at it this way, um, there was only two Galway players outside Tierney played for, uh, scored from, from playing that. Uh, uh, Cook and I think Connor Sweeney at wing back. But Donegal that day got a tune from themselves, but they need to find the same again and more if they're to beat Mayo. Is that down to the management or the players themselves to have the belief in their conviction to get on the ball and do something? I was just listening to Dick Clerken on uh, another podcast where he said that with this lateral play and defensive play, players are getting into so much possession of the ball. But if you're not going to do anything with it, what's the point of being on the field? And he spoke about, he did say it could be a, be considered like dinosaur football or old style football, but the basics of the game is to get from one end of the field to the other as quick as you can and put it over the bar. And Donegal just don't seem, I don't know if they're not able to do it, but it doesn't seem that they, they, it's in their nature. Yeah, well, I, I think a style of, a, in winning a, 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 in All-Ireland in 2012, they won it on the back of a particular style of football, where the defence of this rigid defensive system and protecting possession at all costs got them their dividend. And deservedly so. Now, the game has evolved since then over the last 12 years in the county. And I've seen quite a bit of club football in the county. And basically, the, the, the obsession with retaining possession for its own sake 
I think, is kind of, it's killing the game in so many ways. And it's killing the creative instincts that, that are in players. Like players now are slaughtered in dressing rooms afterwards for turning over the ball, for giving away possession and all of that. And I think a lot of them are f- afraid of the stats that will be thrown at them if they take a risk and the risk doesn't work out. But Dick Clerken's point of getting the ball from one end of the field to the other, using the core skill of the game, which is kicking up the ball, that basically is something that Donegal seem to have forsaken um, over the last while. And I think, again, without if Murphy give them a leadership and give them a direction and give them a sense of what they should be doing. Without him there at the moment, there's that leadership deficit, there's a vacuum there, but this thing of, uh, you know, poor judgment and it kind of poor decision making and all of that and by the poor decision making I mean not taking on scoring chances when those scoring chances um, shall we say offer themselves that to me is killing Donegal football at the moment and something I'd love to see them coming out with on Sunday is a little bit more sense of adventure and sense of attack than we have seen up to now it's been talked about at the minute when we talk about the pack in Division 1, you know, the top teams, but maybe not taking out, you know, the All-Ireland champions and teams like that. I was just looking at a stat that's been circulating around social media at the moment, and from five Division 1 teams this season, there's only been seven goals between them. I think there's been less than 35 goals throughout the entirety of the league in Division 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we're now coming into the question... Do we have to evaluate the importance of a goal? I know Martin Brehney spoke about it in his piece where he said, why don't we up the importance from three points to four? I mean, in different sports like rugby, they upped the try from three to four to five points. They uh, eliminated the back pass in football to get, you know, stop time wasting and defensive play. Is it time we change these rules up? Because, I mean, if you have four points on the line or five points on the line for a goal, I mean, it'll create more magical moments in football. I know the mark hasn't really helped it either, but I, I think sometimes these rules can be twigged to make the game better and make it flow better. Well, I, I'm thinking that th- th- that's a topic for another day, really, Connor. We could spend we could spend hours on that alone, on yeah. the changes that might improve the game. But if you just take the issue of goals, I think at the very top of the piece, at the very top of our conversation, yeah. I mentioned the fact that Donegal have only scored one goal in the league up to now, whereas Mayo have scored eight. And in fairness to Mayo, okay, they may have scored it. They've also conceded. Uh, they conceded a, a number as well. Like they conceded two the last day against Roscommon and were blessed, in fact, in the last play of the game that they didn't concede a third one. But that, in a sense, probably gives you an idea that they are prepared to take risks. They are prepared to get men forward and sometimes maybe to the cost of leaving uh, maybe gaps at the back. But uh, with the goal scoring that they have, they have the likes of James Carr scoring goals. They have Ryan O'Donoghue. They have a good cross-section of players in positions, uh, uh, getting in positions where they're in goal-scoring uh, in, in goal scoring opportune uh, positions. And basically, that contrasts, as I say, completely with, with Donegal, who 
whose one goal for the entirety of the of the league so far, I think, is an indictment. Over five games, he just has scored one goal. And basically, as I said to you, just averaged 11 scores a game. But they, they, they're bringing in the thing of an extra point for a goal. Yes, maybe that would, that would help. The mark, to me, has been a waste. It hasn't, for example, I think originally it was brought in to, um, shall we say, encourage long kicking of the ball into the inside line, but it really hasn't made any difference. It was also encouraged, it was to encourage maybe longer uh, restarts by goalkeepers to, shall we say, um, up, to give a dividend to players who actually maybe executed a piece of high fielding, but I don't think it has made any difference. But to me, the big thing is just the, the overindulgence and hand passing for the sake of it and for the sake of holding possession. That to me is what is absolutely kind of it, it has destroyed the game of Gaelic football as a spectacle in so many cases. And for Sunday, are we looking at a Mayo win? I mean, the danger here, Martin, is that. I, I have heard people say, well, you have to play at your own level if Donegal might not be at that top level anymore. If they go down to Division 2, it's not the end of the world. If you look at Kildare last year, you know, they started the league well. They went down to Division 2. They're looking at Division 3 now, and you're looking at Talchin Cup level. Talchin Cup, that's right. That's right. Oh, no, look at, stay in Division 1 if you can at all. That's my, that'd be my philosophy. And in Donegal's case, this is do or die at the weekend. This is a massive game for them to discover a side of their game that they haven't shown up to now. To go back into Division 2, there are no guarantees with Donegal. Um, like they're, as you say, with Kildare, the way Kildare have kind of slipped off the radar completely, they're looking if they get relegated from there to be in the Talton Cup. And my fear for Donegal, if they did end up going down into Division 2, into Division two they'd leave themselves in a very, very difficult position. Like, I mean, when you look at who what the teams that are in Division 2 at the moment, you know, you have OK, I expect Derry and Dublin will get promoted. But Cork, that would mean that Cork will probably be in Division 2 next year. That um, Meath, Lowes, Meath, all of those teams will be competitive. All of those teams will be competitive next year. And then coming up from Division 3, you know, Cavan are coming up again. They look to be in, in, in good form. But... <sighs> There's no guarantees. You're better. If, you, if you can at all, stay with the elite and be part of the elite. Just finally, Martin, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because on this podcast we've spent weeks, I, th I think we may have spent four weeks, maybe five, talking about this now, but we know there's things going on in the background within Donegal GA, Carl Lacey with the Academy. Um, we're after getting this week that it's been uh, revealed in the Irish Examiner that Jim McGuinness was meant to be a part of Rory Kavanagh's backroom ticket alongside Carl Lacey. I think, it, I don't know if it was stated, but I think Michael Murphy may have been there somewhere in the background as well. I, I just have to check that. But the whole battle with the county board at the minute is not looking good. And just for the readers who may have not picked it up there, there is a brilliant piece that Cahill Kane does in the Irish news where he does go into all the nitty-gritty details on it um he has a he had a piece out there on Tuesday as well in his column kicking out um where he goes into more detail about it and almost is talking about the professionalism within the GA 
Um, what do you make of all this that's going on at the minute, and particularly the news yesterday about Jim McGuinness saying that he was willing to come back and coach the inter-county senior team and uh, the county board would never accept his call? I just think the whole of it, the, the lot, it, it's so sad. It's so sad to see people with the standing of McGuinness, and in particular with the standing of Carl Lacey, people who command respect across the board, being shut out of matters at the moment and it not being, shall we say, welcome with open arms and actually kind of, you know, not being, they, they, just seeing the, the conflict emerging again. And you see it not alone in Donegal, but in so many countries between the political wing of the GA, who are the, essentially the county board, and the playing side of the GA, who, are, um, who in this case were the coaching group that were looking after the academy. But to see guys like that opting out of the academy because of a lack of whatever it was, cooperation or... Um, you know, with the county board, it's so sad. Simple as that. Have you? I know you were involved in county management for a long time. The Mayo Miners, the Mayo Under Twenty Ones, uh, involved with the seniors as well. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Because well, Mayo have obviously had their problems as well. We've seen player upheavals. We've seen battles with the county board. Look, Mayo were far from perfect, like like a lot of counties. Has have you ever seen something like this or experienced something uh, like it, this before? It's 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 not unusual. It's not unusual, Connor. That's been straight with you. I was very lucky. I did maybe three, four, five years under twenty one of minor uh, management. We got to I think three three, four All Irelands now. We lost them all. But it's great lads, great um players uh, under my care at the time. I suppose at the time I remember that I it was a very simple setup really in a sense that I took a, a selector from each one of the divisions and one of the selectors was a member of the county board. So I tried to kind of, shall we say, keep all side, keep every, everyone on side. And I, I, I got great cooperation, actually, from the county board at the time. I would have known the county secretary um, very well, John Prenty. Like he was, um, you know, from my own kind of vintage in college in Galway. And again, any anything I ever looked for, basically, I got it. And um, But the level of, shall we say, professionalism that underpins football now, in contrast to then, is just, it's, it's, it's stark. The contrast is stark. And even if you go back, I remember, I'm old enough, Connor, to remember going to the first ever senior uh, provincial uh, final that Donegal played in in 1963. I remember, God rest my father, myself and daddy in behind the goals in Cavan, watching that game, I think it was against Down. But in the minor game, that in the minor uh, uh, curtain racer, Donegal played in that as well. But here's one for you. The same selectors selected the minor team I selected the senior team that day. Okay. <laughs> so when the miners when the miners come off the pitch at half time to kind of get their words of wisdom, <laughs> those dispensers of wisdom were no longer there. They were over with the seniors trying to rev them up for the senior game for the senior match. 
That's the, so that just shows you over a half a century how things have changed. That just like shows you, take, you for yeah. example, the Mayo backroom team. There's there's 22 of them. Everybody from a media manager to a logistics manager, all points in between. <laughs> but the professionalism nowadays that uh, the younger set expect, I think, is exceeds maybe the. I suppose the expectations and the visions that maybe a lot of the political wing, a lot of the county board people would have, and it's a pity in a way, certainly it's a shame in Donegal to see the, the, those sores kind of uh, beginning to emerge. And um, please God, there's somebody up there with the, uh, I, I suppose, the diplomacy and the ability to draw sides together, but to get Donegal football, football back on track. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not going to go into the the nitty gritty of of Cahar O'Kane's article because I say a lot of people in Donegal have already read it at this stage. Um, I do really recommend his column uh, kicking out where he says uh, Donegal disarray points to a need for massive shakeup, and he says the GA is the only big business where volunteers oversee professionals, and um, you you can pick out whatever stance you may think he's taken on this, but he talks about that it he talks about the middle ground are the people that are getting paid. And what he means by middle ground, he's not talking about players or county board. He's talking about coaches, uh, physios, doctors, statisticians, nutritionists. He uh, goes into Lacey was getting paid 25000 a year to run the academy, where Michael McGeehan was the coaching officer who wasn't getting paid. And he says... Uh, the reason the people in the middle are getting paid is because they're bringing their relevant expertise into a dressing room. Now he doesn't uh, he doesn't talk about the players there who also dedicate their lives like monks to it. And he just finishes the piece by saying, "A system where volunteers tell professionals what to do is a system that is destined to break." So uh, while Mayo, and I think, and I think, and I think that's a marvelous summary of the whole thing, and that's what's happening at the moment. It is. All of these guys, they have titles, they have degrees, they have all kinds of qualifications to their names that are in dressing rooms, and they expect to get paid. Absolutely. And that again is a is, is a program for another day. Uh, the money that is actually now, like I'm convinced that it's costing a million a million euros a year to run a, a Mayo senior team. Yes. Now, where that money comes from is anyone's, you, you know, is anyone's guess, but without independent uh, benefactors well, kind like, of backrolling it. The, the, like the middle tier counties, Offaly, Meath, Wexford, Kildare, they brought in somewhere between 2.5 to 3.5 million. So, I mean, you, you are talking about volunteers in the county board who probably don't have these expertise in running businesses, etc. And it's almost like they have to run a business because that's the way sometimes the GA county board and GA county teams are, are seen now. Um, it, it really, really is sad that because I suppose, Martin, at the end of the day, and we'll finish up on this point, I've spoke about it for weeks now and people are probably telling me to shut up. At the end of the day, if you want to go back to it, it's the underage players that are missing out that don't have academy football because they don't have coaches at the moment. And it's just so sad to see these grown men to a degree that they can't come to some resolution. 
Well, this is the thing, like, as I said, I, I see, for example, here in, in Mayo, there's a, a, a Monaghan lad, Tom Riley, a good friend of mine. Okay. Tom is running the academy here. And he is tremendous guys in the academy at, you know, at all levels from under 12 upwards. And they're running a very, very successful system at the moment. But surely in, in Donegal at the moment, knowing the importance of uh, developing players and getting them to, as you say, graduate into players of consequence as senior level you know knowing the importance of that surely there's some people in Donegal right now that can come in as you know as a go-between and in some way brings harmony between the two sets between as you say the board and the actual academy but get these coaches that are qualified and that have so much to give get them back on track and actually get the best out of the, the kids who are coming through the system rather than kind of all of a sudden having them in a limbo, you know, uh, without anybody to give them proper direction. But that needs to happen very quickly if Donegal football is to actually kind of, shall we say, stay at the level they're at and improve from where they're at right now. Absolutely. And uh, fixing rules, uh, looking after this academy, I'm sure it'll all be episodes for another day, Martin. And we'd be glad to have you back on the Donegal GA podcast. But for now, thank you so much for your time. Final point, who do you think is going to win on Sunday? I think we might be pointing towards a Mayo victory, but uh, we can always remain positive. Who do you think is going to win? Well, I, I think Mayo will win it. I, th- I think Mayo will win it. And all known, and all the evidence to date, Mayo will win it. But I'm hoping to see Donegal doing enough to actually get something from the game. So as they go into the sixth, or the seventh game of the National League, their final game of the season against Roscommon, knowing that if they won that, they would stay in Division 1. Martin Carney, Donegal legend and Mayo legend, thank you so much for joining us on the Donegal GA podcast. FM. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.